Okay, sorry. Are you recording? You ready to go? And all that? Yep. Okay, great. I'm ready. Hello, and welcome. Huh? Say what? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you're breaking up a little. <coughs> That's a problem sometimes. The internet's a little spotty in my in my closet. <laughs> uh, which, is, which is where I am. How you like them? The lady with the paper hat asked me as she poured a little more coffee into my cup. As that you say, I said as a sad smile spread across her face and I looked up. She said, I take you to be a soft-boiled man. I don't understand. I reluctantly confessed. Listen, son, she said, I upset you, but you gotta know I'm gonna have to break a couple of things to make your breakfast. Just glad to see a blue morning and a yellow egg at the break of rain day. But you gotta break them before you make them, that's what they say. But you gotta break them before you make them, that's what they say. Hello, and welcome to How Do You Like Your Eggs, the show for people who love to eat by people who live to cook. I'm Asher Griffith. Jake, Hare Krishna, Lewis, and Anna, Hare Krishna, Goen couldn't join us this week because they are down at the airport shaking tambourines. However, Leah Britton could. She is a haircuttress at legendary Fifi Mahoney's, worked front of house at Iconic Cafe de Gas, and recently has taken on some sort of administrative duties, as I understand it, with the newly formed Sweet Shrimp Company. Hello, Leah, and welcome to How Do You Like Your Eggs. Hi. <laughs> So how how do you like your eggs? Um, over easy or boiled? I actually like them most ways. Yeah, I I love <laughs> eggs. Over easy is probably my favorite way. Um, it's a good way. In chicken salad is pretty good, which I was eating earlier. I actually don't know if I've ever had it in chicken um, salad. No. Oh man, you haven't lived. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll have so, to try uh, that. <laughs> okay, so um, Sweet Shrimp Company is a t-shirt company. Uh, founded mm-hmm. by Cameron. Cameron Sweet. Sweet. Uh huh. And he's a tattoo artist. And mm-hmm. what is your role there? Since I'm kind of unclear about what that is. Um, I mean, Cameron. Cameron. They're all his designs, but we are hand printing them. Um, with a printing press. So that's mainly his duty, which means he's busy all of the time. He also um doesn't love technology and doesn't know how to do any of it. So, um, mm. we also have another helper that's mainly in charge of shipping, but we're sort of, I'm sort of doing like the customer contact and just reminding Cameron what to do, honestly. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Well, y'all sound pretty busy then. Yeah. And I mean, I've definitely been doing less work for him since the salon has reopened. Um, I've been working at Degas every day since the quarantine started because we've been doing to-go food. Um, and so when the salon opened, I kept on most of the shifts at Degas and I'm working every day now. So he's getting a lot more help mm-hmm. from our other helper. How many, how many covers is, uh, 25% is it? Um, at Cafe Degas. So, um, 25%, like well, we can, we can, <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> we can normally fit between 69 and 75 <laughs> people in the dining room. So we're like around 18. We do have quite a bit of outside seating, which seems to be like less strict about the regulations. Um, 
but we really can't do more than like 28 people at a time, um, which is wild, but um, we're still getting a lot of to-go orders, so that's always helpful. Uh, Y'all are selling a lot of t-shirts. Yeah, quite a bit. All right. Well, great. Good news. Um, Is he out of the tattoo game? Is that what that means? Tattooing is a touchy-feely business. Yeah, well, there he's allowed to go back on the 13th, so Saturday he should be able to start taking appointments again. Um, I definitely, he loves making shirts, and I think we're going to do it forever, but um, I don't think he's going to stop tattooing anytime soon. All right, well, that's cool. Well, this interview is not with him, it's with you, so let's get back to, speaking of touchy-feely <laughs> businesses, um, how's, uh, how's the give-me-a-haircut crowd at Fifi Mahoney's? Well... We're getting a lot of crazy wild calls, but I'm trying to, um, because we're at such a limited capacity and we can't book back and double book Mm -hmm. clients. So normally if I have someone processing with color on their head, I can take a haircut in between. Um, but because we can't have more than like eight people in the whole building, um, we've been a lot slower and I've been trying to take only existing clients for the time being to make sure they all get in first. So I haven't really gotten very many, um, crazy Karens yet, but we'll see. Is the like demographic the Fifi Mahoney's demographic as does that usually include the Karens? No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. Um, our demographic is a lot of service industry, um, a lot of service industry because we specialize in creative colors and corrective colors. So we do a lot of service industry strippers, bartenders, artists, weirdos generally. Um, but because we were one of the first salons to open back up, I feel like we were, um, I mean, all salons that opened back up in the beginning were sort of fielding all these Karens who didn't want to wait for their regular salons. But that's definitely not our normal clientele. And I don't hate them. I mean, it's what it is, but it's been a really stressful situation. And I want to. Their money spins the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I just want to make sure that no one's like. Everyone wants to follow the rules, basically. Because I'm definitely not trying to lose my license so you can get a haircut, you know? <laughs> for sure. So the rules, you mean like wear a mask? wash your hands yeah they have to wear a mask the whole time wash their hands and there's also just like um i mean things that are not necessarily mandated laws but things that we're trying to abide by um so like you're supposed to minimize as much time as you can so encouraging people to not get their hair blown out after their hair's cut or like try to have them cut with freshly washed hair so that we don't have to shampoo them um and we're offering discounts to these people if they don't want to do it so we still can but we're hoping that people are going to be forgiving. And then, I mean, also with that being said, them not getting a shampoo and a blowout means that we can have another client come in. It shortens our sure. service time. So it's like really helpful to us. Um, but so far, everyone has been really amazing in the salon. That's good. That's good to hear. I hope I hope this uh, this uh, re- reopen rollout is successful and and not not too painful for the service industry people. Um, I'm excited to talk with Nick Martin soon on uh he's the chef at uh La Boca who mm. and they've been like they've been reopening and closing and I'm excited to see how that's been going down. Haven't yeah haven't heard from uh haven't heard from anybody on that end yet. Yeah the chef the uh, chef experience has definitely been very different from mine. I mean I'm there every day at the restaurant with our chefs. But Yeah. I guess your your chef never even stopped uh working at all huh no our chef never stopped and um yeah our our head and our head chef who so we've only been working open for dinner from five to eight um even through through takeout and so our head chef 
has a bunch of kids and has been staying home most of the time um, for general safety. So our Sue Travis has been incredible and stepped up and worked every day and is surprisingly chipper about it. <laughs> That's a tight little kitchen, too. Yeah, it's tiny. Uh, social distancing is made very difficult in a situation like that, huh? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Um, so we've, we had a lot of struggles with struggles with the social distancing in Dega because it's so small. But what we've done is we've sort of blocked off the entire bar area um, and customers have to mm-hmm. enter through the patio. So we've made the bar because no one can sit at bars yet. Yeah. So we've made the bar into like a server staff area so that we can all like take a break and take our masks off and not be all standing in one corner in the middle of the dining room. And business has been good there, too, huh? Yeah, it's been really good. I mean, definitely not what it was before. But we have a lot of right. really, I mean, it's been really funny actually answering the phone every day for to-go orders because a lot of our regulars who would come every Friday night were still ordering takeout every Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we've sort of been like in the same full swing as much as we can be. Well, it, so except for taking a little bit of a hiatus from Fifi Mahoney's, your, your general day-to-day didn't change that all that much with the coronavirus, it sounds like. No, I mean, honestly, I was kind of into it. Um, Working at a, working working at a restaurant with no customers is surprisingly fun. <laughs> That's like definitely the worst part. <laughs> no, this is like mostly like me and the chef answering the phone and getting drunk all day. So yeah, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and we got to wear pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Why wear anything at all? Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's great. <laughs> Just aprons. <laughs> And to think, the thing I've been missing out on this whole time was an opportunity to bust tables wearing nothing but an apron. Oh, hello. I didn't see you come in. And here I am in my closet wearing nothing but an apron. And a party hat. And this cummerbund. And a plague mask. And these high heels. How did I get here? Say, while you're here, you know what would make me feel a lot less awkward? Financial stability for Cicada Radio. You can help with that, by the way, by visiting patreon.com slash cicada radio and becoming a patron. A pledge of as little as a dollar a month helps keep the little featherless bug-eyed baby bird that is our production company peeping its way to fully-fledged song. Oh, you like songs? Well then, open wide the hungry peeping mouths of your ears of your minds for a big fat wormy chunk of this. What makes a hit a hit? How does a Bruce Willis cover of a staple singer song outperform the original? And is Groove really in the heart? Or is it somewhere else? On American 100, we're going to dive into the heart of the Billboard Hot 100 completely at random and try to get to the bottom of what makes us love, hate, or just get addicted to pop songs. Featuring guest musicians and comedians, it's funny, it's informative, and just like the Hot 100 itself, a little bit weird. Hosted by me, Micah McKee, and presented by Cicada Radio, American 100 airs anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Well, cool. Um, You're definitely the first person who's expressed that sentiment. It's been like... I've had so many people on the show so far that have been talking about like big pivots that their businesses are making or, you know, like... um, But a lot of these people have been shifting into... Uh, food relief from catering, say. And I mean, I'm sure the perspective is different coming from like an owner or manager or something like that. Um, I'm just like a, a server, so it doesn't really affect my business. And Dega is so established. I mean, we've been there for over 30 years. I think it would take a lot for us to have to do a true business shift. 
But you, well, you did kind of, you did kind of make a little bit of a pivot. You started working on this t-shirt thing. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that was something that Cameron had to do because he couldn't tattoo. Luckily, I had a restaurant job. So, um, and I have, I've been there for 12, mm-hmm. 11 years. So I always have sort of first dibs on whatever job opening. So it's pretty much just me the whole time. Um, but Cameron had no other mm-hmm. option when he stopped tattooing and needed help with the shirt business. Yeah. So it was sort of like, it sort of was a, a, a savior that he was able to do that and that people were interested. Um, but I mean, I guess yeah. if that never happened, maybe I wouldn't have pivoted. <laughs> right. Well, you, I guess that's, that's not necessarily something he, he started doing because of COVID though. Y'all were like planning on making that happen. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's had this press for a long time and, um, I mean, even back in the day, he used to like airbrush shirts and stuff like that. He's always loved being in the shirt business game. Um, I guess just didn't have that push to really like start going for it. And the extra help that he was given sort of by me and my friend Tegan being able to have time off and help him set up a website and organize all of this stuff and set up like he totally does not understand how like (laughs) Shopify works and how money gets into bank accounts or what a Venmo is. So, um, I think, I think that this, this definitely helped him motivate that, like motivate himself to actually start doing it, but it's definitely something that he's always loved doing. I've been able to enjoy the privilege myself of like, just kind of focusing on, uh, making, making my stuff happen now that I don't have to, um, now that I don't have to spend all of my time worrying about paying my bills, (laughs) 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 which is ironic that I would get, um, get laid off as it were and then suddenly receive a steady paycheck for the first time in my life (laughs) uh did you um get unemployment um so i did for the first week so i am just a host at dega um i mean as of the past three years since i've started doing hair so um Mm. i didn't intend to work all through this quarantine i thought that i was going to be in the same boat like totally screwed not being able to work and I actually went into Degas on like the 16th or 17th of March. Because um, I was like, I'm just going to get a glass of wine before everything gets really shut down. And um, it was the first day that we were open, like taking to-go orders. So I could still walk in as an employee and sit down at the bar. But we didn't have customers in the restaurant. And when I went in, it was such a complete, utter shit show. There was only one employee working in the bar. Um, so mm-hmm. I stayed that whole shift. And we worked out a system. And then I was... Had- somehow got reeled into coming back every day after that um so i did get unemployment um i think like the first week and then not after that and then jacques got the ppp loan so he had to like prove that he was like like paying all of his employees certain amounts of money paying people yes so i i only got it for that first week when i really thought that i wasn't gonna be working you just happened to be sitting around yeah and they're like I know, and I had my dog with me too. So it's like trying to help answer the phones, like holding my tiny poodle. I was like, "This is a mess." <laughs> that sounds like a. I don't know. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> Honestly, it was fun. It was fun. We did a lot of shots. Right. <laughs> We've been talking for uh, a little bit less than twenty minutes now. So um, I usually like to round out the episode by asking questions three, and they are first of all. What's your favorite place to eat in New Orleans is the is the first question normally, but uh have you 
or I, well, I mean, it, obviously you probably haven't been going out to eat very much, but have you found a new delivery spot or anything like that? Um, I feel like, uh, so during quarantine, my favorite place is, um, the green room, Kuchnia. Um, it's the spot that used to be in the back of Siberia of awesome Polish food. Um, they have salads and beets and it's incredible. Um, and Mona's is always an old standby from living in the quarter life of like kind of pretending that it's kind of healthy, but throw a salad in there, you know? Um, right. No, I, t- I totally, too, I totally um, fell for that too. Every time I, every time I f- felt like I just had too many fried fish po'boys or whatever. Mm-hmm. Would... Yeah. I'm like, I'll get a Euro plate. That's healthy, right? <laughs> it, lo- it does. It does look healthier it, it gives the yeah. it gives a solid illusion of health there <laughs> i don't There's think like it's accurate though <laughs> no <laughs> um if you had any advice to give it's norm the question is normally if you had any advice to give to a younger self um usually pertaining to career advice do you know what that would be however i've been i've been liking to tweak that one just a little bit and it's and ask do you have any pre-covid advice that you might give to yourself knowing what you know now <laughs> I, I have mixed feelings i want to go back and be like never go get that glass of wine <laughs> <laughs> ride that unemployment <laughs> but i've actually been having a really great time so i don't really it's i feel like no i feel like even in the midst of it closer to hopefully the end that it's still i can't even formulate any sort of advice it's all kind of always sure. up in the air. Sure, it really it really does feel that way, doesn't it? Like I mean, yeah, I have I have no idea what to do. As you may or may not know, I'm like up at my grandma or my mom's house uh and I've been staying up here because I haven't had any work to to do in the city. Uh yeah, I've kind of just started like making arbitrary goals for myself like or t- times when I'll when I'll leave because I have no idea what else I could rely on and I've got to make some kind of move at some point so I'm like I'll leave after the 4th of July or I'll leave when I've saved $2000 or whatever but <laughs> it doesn't mean anything I don't know what I'm going to be walking into it's just going to be another awkward shift in this whole situation and, and a bunch of more stuff that I'm going to have to get used to and I mean yeah I totally agree like who knows it's it's really hard to plan for anything when you have no yeah. idea what's going to happen. Yeah, it's been nuts out there. Uh, speaking of things being nuts, have you gone to any of the protests? I haven't, unfortunately. I um, I just haven't been able to take off of work, which is really a bummer. Um, but I've been keeping yeah. up to date as much as I can. And um, donating. I mean, I'm sure I could really do more if I tried and all of that. But I haven't been to able, able to physically attend one of the protests. I hear that it's been going pretty smoothly down there, which is encouraging. Yeah, there was the one day where there was tear gas involved, but I think other than that, yeah, and they've the, mostly the been Crescent City connection, huh? Yeah, yeah, but other than that, it, yeah, it not... seems like that they're going pretty smoothly. Or, I mean, yeah, well, that's good. As smoothly as a protest goes, I don't know. They're not turning into riots, I guess. Right, <laughs> right. No, no, no. And that's a uh, that's good to good to hear. Fewer people get hurt that way, I think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's oh. how that works. <laughs> a friend of mine actually attended the um, attended one of the protests, and I know that he had been being extremely careful and you know taking the um, pandemic pretty seriously and all of that. But he came down with um, with COVID nineteen uh, after after attending one of these protests. He thinks that might have been the 
cause of it because he had been being so careful otherwise. Well, it's hard uh, to say because doesn't it has a two-week incubation period, correct? That's true. So uh, it seems it like does. it would be hard to pinpoint it on that, but it doesn't change the fact that there's chances that it's definitely been transferred via the protests, you know? Yeah, I have no, I have no doubt that the... Uh, that these protests are going to cause a problem in that department. Um, not to say that that's not that no one should, therefore, but uh, well, I also saying. think that we're I, that I mean, the majority of protesters have at least been younger people, mm-hmm. so at least hopefully that if it does spread it, that everyone will be fine, survive it at least. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty harrowing. Like up here, deep in Trump country, uh, pe- a lot of people, as you might understand, or might be aware aren't taking it very seriously and they're like so every time there's been like a holiday or a, like a three-day weekend or whatever then there's like instantly a spike in the numbers <laughs> you know because like everybody goes and like hangs out at the pool or the lake or whatever that's but, not um, surprising no not at all yeah, this thing isn't going anywhere anytime soon. It doesn't seem like, but we all have to go somewhere. So yeah, um, I mean, pretty pretty recently, um, pretty recently at Dega, we watched someone get arrested for slapping the Canseco security guard for asking her to put a mask on. Whoa! So there's definitely there's definitely some Trump con- <laughs> there's definitely some Trump country here. Yeah. Wow. Slap the security. Yeah, she guard. slapped her. That's pretty brazen. <laughs> <laughs> Like why people are you really just wild. Use and walk away. Why don't you just go to a different store? I don't understand. Rude. For real. <laughs> oh man. Well. Uh, okay. So the last question is, um, <laughs> what's your favorite story about maggots? Okay. Um, ugh. Uh, the <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite story. I feel like the worst one. Act. I mean, the most. The worst. The one. most memorable yeah, yeah. is usually the worst one. Um. <laughs> Growing up, mm-hmm. my parents always had a feud with our next door neighbor. Um, she had a pool, and she would always like <laughs> build it, all, build it all the way, build the concrete all the way to the edge of our pool. So when it rained, it would kill all of our grass. It's just this forever ongoing feud. Um, and one time, she had a crawfish boil, <laughs> and I guess she was keeping the all the crawfish shells in the backyard for a couple of days, and then she put the bags in our front yard. And my dad told me to just sort of pull them over where the trash pickup was. And when I pulled it, one of the bags bust open and it was just like five gallons of maggots poured out like onto my feet. Whoa. Which was pretty brutal, but. Oh, God. And it was crawfish maggots. So like extra stinky. Um, We had to just like pour bleach and like kill our whole yard because it was so rank. Oh, man. Wow. That's gnarly. (laughs) Oh my god! And it had just been sitting in a black plastic bag in, in the, the summertime, sun, mm-hmm. in the nuclear napalm sunshine, mm-hmm. just cooking up the gnarliest maggot bomb. Yeah, I'm pretty ever sure that my dad threw lots before. of dog turds in her pool after that. Hell yeah, <laughs> one dog turd for every maggot. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, truly disgusting. Okay, well, uh, we've come to the end of our time together. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. <laughs> that's a lot of stinky, stinky maggots, eggheads. And that's also the end of our program for today. 
This show was produced by me, Asher Griffith, with the support of our gracious Patreon supporters. Hey, you should consider becoming one yourself. Direct all queries to louder at cicadaradio.com. All right, my loves, until next time, if you see a Nazi, suck him right in the eye. And if anybody asks you where you got subversive ideas like that from, you go ahead and tell them it was right here on How Do You Like Your Eggs? Just glad to see a blue one This is Cicada Radio. Sing, love, die.